Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Well, I don't know, Mr. Vice President. There's not a lot you can do because, really, she made you her bitch last night. So, uh, you're just going to have to live with that now. Ass. The following podcast contains... Other trucker that hurt like a butt cheek on a stick. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you threw a glowing away party for the mouth of Sauron, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, June 28th, 2019, Drinking the Bastards Goodbye edition of the show where, god damn it, we're talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders going away party. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Drinking Buddy. Never drink alone again. Are you a lonely booze hound looking for the consolation of like-minded company, a drinker in need of a friend, a salsa alone in the house? Then you need Drinking Buddy, the app for Alkies. Drinking Buddy's artificial intelligence matches you with drinkers near you based on your preferences and at bar atmosphere, price, liquor taste, professional sports, and dozens of more factors to find the right Drinking Buddy for you. No more sudden fist fights after the fifth round when you discover the person at the bar is a Yankees fan. No more shouting matches over the jukebox. No scuffles over the politics. Drinking Buddy finds the right person for you so the two of you can get shit-faced. Use the promo code DRINKWITHDAVE at sign up and Dave gets a free round at his local dive bar. Don't worry, you'll never match with him. No one does. Drinking Buddy, when drinking alone has started to scare you, get Drinking Buddy. I can't stand people. I hate them. Oh, yeah? You hate them? No. uh, But I seem to feel better when they're not around. Hey, barkeep, uh... Scotch and waters. I'm going to ask you the same damn thing. People are always asking me. Like? Like, what do you do? I drink. That's what? I'm broke. Can't buy another drink. You mean you don't have any money? No money, no job, no rent. Hey, I'm back to normal. I do not have children for many reasons, not the least of which is because I tell stories like this. But if I did have a child, I would pass on this story as way of advice. Because one night, I was at a dorm party with a friend of mine. He was my first roommate when I was in the Air Force. He'd moved out some time before, but we kept in touch because we shared a few mutual interests. You mean because he's a borderline alcoholic? 
This was the same fellow in whose dorm room I would later be busted for underage drinking, but that's a different story. On this particular night, things were far calmer, the crowd was smaller, and the music was lower, and things were very low-key. Now, also at this party were some young ladies... This was not unusual as we were young men and young people enjoyed gathering together in fellowship where we would talk of the Lord and how he had saved us all. Or, if you want to believe the story, we would get drunk and try to take each other's clothes off. On this particular evening, I was chatting with a pretty blonde girl way out of my leagues by every measurable standards. I mean, she was adorable. She had short blonde hair with a dancer's body and a gymnast flexibility. And I mean that quite literally. She spent much of the evening demonstrating remarkable feats of flexibility, contorting herself into mesmerizing positions. I mean, it was most enticing. I can balance myself in any position. <laughs> it is amazing after years of training how one can contort one's body. Of course, it is only useful in gymnastics. We'd spent the evening chatting and suddenly found ourselves alone outside the party on the balcony of the building, making out. Pressed against me, she looked up in my eyes and asked a question that put a context on the whole evening that I, for one, did not anticipate. Do you, she whispered in my ear, have a problem being with younger women? Now this is not an unusual question in a man's life, and one I'd certainly heard more than once in the years that would come after this night, because on this night, I was not yet 19 years old, so there was a certain problematic element to this question, because younger women, when you are 19, can easily mean, you know, younger women. Like, feloniously younger women. Dating younger women doesn't come cheap. Yeah, like five to ten years in a federal prison, not cheap. Now look, I was 18, and I'm sorry to be blunt, I was 18 with a rock-hard dick and a beautiful, young, flexible woman all over me. And I had a few beers, and every single fiber of my body was screaming at me. Get in there, have some sex with her, right now. I would never have this kind of opportunity again, but something in the way she said younger, stopped my brain and my dick cold, and I leaned in and whispered back and was like, um, how much younger? And she slid her hand along the front of my pants and said, I turn 14 in a few months. Take a piece of action. Green Google, stick close to holding check to hook each other. Admiral, we have enemy ships at 6 It's a trap. I damn near fell over the balcony railing, jumping back for her. In the history of hard-ons, no boner has ever retreated faster, and I did a Looney Tunes-style exit from that party and that girl, leaving in a puff of smoke and a muffled, call me in five years! Honestly, had this girl not said something, the, idea, the loss of my virginity that night would have also been an extremely unfortunate felony. Now that guy... Who's, I mean, I didn't stop hanging out with him that night because I was young and an idiot, but after I got busted for underage drinking, I stopped hanging out with him. So after a year or so that we had not been hanging out, he, uh, he wound up in the jail that I was responsible for taking care of because he had had sex with an underage girl. Now, I have no idea if it was the same girl, but it was some girl under the age of 16. And the lesson I would want my hypothetical child to learn from this is you are who you drink with. 
If you drink with the kind of fucking morons that invite a bunch of barely teenage girls to a party in the dorms, guess what? You are also the kind of fucking moron that drinks with a ba- bunch of barely teenage girls. My parents were not drinkers, so they couldn't pass on this incredibly valuable piece of information to me that, honestly, I really could have used before it happened to me. I suppose they might have tried in their way when they said things like, well, you know, David, you're known by the company you keep, but honestly, coming from people who were perfectly happy voting for the kind of people who put children in concentration camps, I don't know that they have too much room to be criticizing my behavior. All of this brings me to a little story I read in the Columbia Journalism Review. Quote, On June 13th, when Sarah Huckabee Sanders announced that she would step down as White House Press Secretary, Francesca Chambers, White House Correspondent for the Daily Mail, and Anita Kumar, White House Correspondent for Politico, invited some Trump staffers and members of the press corps to a farewell drinks in honor of SHS. I'm sorry, you gotta be shitting me, woman. Held at Rare Steakhouse, the entrance was roped off for the event. Chambers clutched a glass of sparkling wine and presided over the guests by evening's end. There would be about 50. I mean, this has been tough, David Smith, bureau chief of the Gar- for the Guardian, who stood at the back of the room, said. At least I get to write about other things, but most of the people in here are entirely reliant on Sarah Sanders. And Sarah Sanders is a true believer, unquote. Allow this humble podcast host to put this in context. The... Fake news media, the, quote, enemy of the people, threw a fucking going away party for Sarah Huckabee Sanders, a woman who has spent the last two years spewing lies, disinformation, propaganda, and unadulterated bullshit for an incompetent quasi-fascist dickhole who has done more to tear down the institution of press protections of the First Amendment than anyone since Woodrow fucking Wilson, and you are going to throw her a fucking party? It's just, uh, it doesn't seem right to me. You don't pour one out for people like Sarah Huckabee Sanders unless by pouring one out, you mean you are pissing on her shoes while she's wearing them. It is like having a mixer for Joseph fucking Goebbels. Who the fuck does that? I mean, sure, I get it. The right-wing agitprop fuckers love her like Newsmax or fucking some Murdochian shit show like The Daily Fail, but Politico? The Washington Blade? The gay newspaper for D.C.? Do you guys get paid so little that you have to drink with people like this just to get free drinks? 50 White House journalists attended this fucking atrocity. 50! Now, some reporters had the decency to skip over to skip over twice well drinks with the mouth of fucking Sauron. When the party had been announced, some journalists and news readers balked. I'm on a cross-country flight and very disturbed in the midst of these serious issues of possible strikes against Iran. And there was no briefing by Sarah Huckabee Sanders in over 100-plus days. April Ryan, a CNN analyst and White House correspondent, said in an Instagram video, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, have your party. I won't be there, girl. Bye. But the attendees huddled to grab selfies with Sanders. She squeezed hands and smiled, relaxed from three days out on vacation. Better get a bucket or throw up. In a statement to Newsweek, Kumar described the evening as not official White House Correspondents Association event, 
quite common regardless of the administration, and added that all attendees are responsible for paying their own bill, including Sarah Sanders. Another correspondent says, oh, it's not a party. I mean, come on. You drank with fucking Lenny goddamn Riefenstahl, and you had to pay your own bar tab? I mean, if I'm going to surrender my ethics and humanity to sip suds with Edie fucking Amin, you can goddamn well bet that Edie is picking up the goddamn bar tab. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm just reading so many quotes from the article at you, but there is just so many fucking horrible quotes in the article, like this one. Quote, Todd Gilman, Washington correspondent for the Dallas Morning News and board member of the White House Correspondents Association, sent CJR a missive, quote, saying, quote, anyone who has covered City Hall or Legislature or Congress or the White House or any other beat really knows that you have to deal with all sorts of folks, he wrote. Some you admire, some you don't. Some are very helpful, others less so. Journalists don't decide who wins elections, and we don't get a say who the president hires. Our choice is to work with him. Or do a really terrible job, unquote. Oh, oh, well, slap my ass and call me sugar, because here's a news flash for you, guy from the Dallas Morning News. You fuckers are. You are terrible at your job. Because the past two fucking years, the White House press corps has shown all the backbone of a plate of fucking calamari. You suckle at the teat of the worst human beings it's been my extreme displeasure in half a century to witness dismantle the nation I've lived in for the juicy hints of fraudulent gossip and self-serving leaks, and you cuddle the idea that your access to the devil doesn't mean that you're actually serving him in hell. How about this one? A White House correspondent who resembled a young William Shatner and didn't want to be named took a couple beer and said the night felt like the end of a battle or a decent game of rugby where at the end of the day you shake hands, unquote. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I don't know about young James T. Kirk up there, but usually when a battle is over, Folks don't shake hands. In fact, many of them lie around screaming, bleeding, and dying. Others end up in prison camps, you know, like the ones we're putting children to on the fucking border and leaving them there to fucking stew in their own shit, you fucking facile douchebags. And finally, finally, there was this infuriating garbage. Quote, a colleague chimed in, Everyone has their issue with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. But if you can't have a drink with somebody, then all of civilization has just broken down. Really? Really? Because if you can't have a drink with Sarah Huckabee fucking Sanders, the mouthpiece for an administration that is busy suspending regulations intended to keep the planet from cooking slowly in its own shit and cause the fucking collapse of civilization, you pretentious little fuck niblet. <laughs> I guess we should all just be fucking looting the fucking food king and stocking up on fucking firearms. It was an article on Splinter.com that inspired me to fucking write this week's tirade. And it was titled, You Are Who You Drink With, which I think I said earlier in the show. And rather than quote the article, which I don't need to, because they, <laughs> they said, I'm going to summarize with a lot more profanity coming up right now. 
because ever since July of 2015, when it came down on his fucking golden escalator, the media, television media in particular, has utterly failed to hold the powerful to account for their words and their actions. Oh, sure. There have been many, many deeply researched and meaningful stories published by good reporters who are generally doing their damnedest to get the attention of the fucking ADD-addled democracy and hold it together longer for 15 fucking seconds. I could spend hours detailing stories, any one of which it would be more than enough to bring down a criminal enterprise or an administration in the past. But nothing sticks because it is constantly drowned in the sea of shit breaking over us every single day. The Pew Research Center told us in 2016 that 57% of Americans get their news from the television. And television news has singularly been the worst fucking thing at coping with the national emergency we are in the midst of. They run from story to story like a terrier chasing squirrels in the park and then sit at the base of the tree and bark furiously up at the squirrel when it's out of reach. It's all noise and show because... Because that fucking dog ain't getting up that tree. And the TV news is all noise and fury because Trump is just a fucking squirrel setting up the tree, shitting on the dog. And then they bark at a different fucking story when the next one comes along. And let's not even talk about the Sunday panel shows where their desperate need to get a name triumphs over their getting to little things like the fucking truth. The fact that the news allows Kelly and Conway to ever appear on their live air is a more damning indictment of the failure of TV news than any string of curse words I could string together in all my righteous fury. So don't sit there and tell me that you are upholding your end of the First Amendment is we consumers of the news that have turned your, our backs on you, the media, for Facebook, Google, and Twitter, fuck you, CNN, and you, all you other networks. You were broken in your conception, born for fucking ratings, and hot takes. You don't give a fuck about facts. You only care about fucking viewers. And fuck you, you fucking self-righteous turd-daubers. Is that even a word? I don't know. I'm just too pissed right now to keep going with that. And the New York Times and Washington Post and all the other big papers, I get it. You guys are doing what you can, but you too are so quick to leech on your inside sources for the next bit scoop. And not one goddamn story that mattered came out of the fucking West Wing. It came from the people in the field digging through files and talking to people on the outside to find facts about things like Trump's history of tax evasion or how he paid a porn star to keep quiet while about fucking her. The story is not in the West Wing where they all are they are doing is fucking lying to you and the American people. You don't get to have drinks with the people that you do. You expose those people for the fucking mendacious shitbags they are. I mean, you could at least mention the story about the president raping someone. There is a photo out there right now of a father and his two-year-old daughter drowned dead in the Rio Grande River trying to cross the border and evade the border Gestapo to get to this country. God knows how bad their life must have been to want to come here in the face of how fucking badly they knew they were going to be treated here. Think about that for a second. That horrible, sad photo should be blasted every second of the day. And other photos and stories about the actual fucking human suffering afflicted by the fascist fucking policies of the people that you are sharing a fucking Chardonnay with and you call yourself a fucking journalist? 
you know, people didn't wake up in the morning and one day suddenly decide that black people should have civil rights. It was because the media showed images of human beings being beaten, attacked by dogs, sprayed by fire hoses, fucking lynched until enough white people have seen enough fucking horrible images and read enough fucking terrible stories to say, oh my God, that probably shouldn't be happening. It didn't happen because MLK shared whiskey sours with Strom fucking Thurmond, no matter what Joe Biden might tell you. Americans did not turn against the Vietnam War until the nightly news was full of stories about young men coming home in fucking body bags in a pointless and unwinnable war every fucking night. It did not happen because Abby Hoffman swapped martini recipes with LBJ. It was the news night after night after night. It was fucking Walter Cronkite saying that we couldn't win because he went there and saw what was happening, not because he swipped and sipped his whiskey neats with Bill fucking Westmoreland. The American people finally said no more Nixon after months and months of reports on all the fucking venues, the newspapers, the television, the radio that comes about all the crimes Nixon did and how he was covering it up and it was the television showing in full the hours of the Watergate hearings instead of running days of our lives day after day until it sunk through the heads of even Republicans that Dick Nixon was a fucking criminal it wasn't because Woodward and Bernstein fucking did body shots off a stripper's ass with fucking Ron Ziegler I don't know how many other ways I can say this, but these fuckers in the White House are evil, and they needed to be treated like they're fucking evil. They need to be pariahs, and they need to be shunned because they are the fucking enemy. And I know they keep saying that you, the press, are the enemy of the American people, the enemy of freedom, but you are goddamn reporters, and maybe you could, I don't know, check the fucking facts. You will see that the facts indicate that they are doing crimes like a motherfucker and some totally evil shit and that you should be reporting every single fucking day and not <laughs> singing Don't Stop Believing over fucking PBRs at the fucking... <laughs> at the walk and roll on 8th Street Northwest. Do your fucking jobs, White House Correspondents Association. Do your fucking jobs, reporters. So please, please do your jobs. Treat these people like the kind of people they are because if you don't, then you are no better than the people you drink with and you are no better than a bunch of morons and assholes and shitbags that invite a bunch of like 13-year-old girls to a dorm party and let them seduce an innocent podcast host and almost ruin his life and tempt him into doing something stupid or crazy like, I don't know, starting a war with Iran. Honestly, I'm out of metaphors and I've been yelling too long. That is it for our show this week. I know, I know, I know I said I wasn't doing politics, but if we've learned anything in four years of these podcasts is that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about from one week to the next. And look, I got angry, okay? This was This was something I could yell about that wasn't important or too late in the week for me to fucking talk about like the debates you know things happened with the supreme court and they gutted the one person one vote thing but that's really fucking important and honestly you should listen to somebody else besides me because i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about i mean it's just like the future of the country and the future of like voting which is already over and we're all gonna die anyway 
Speaking of, you know, we're all going to die and how pointless and futile things are, rate and review this show wherever you get your pods because it's pointless and futile. And you can follow the show on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast and all the shows are on SoundCloud at the show name and whatthehellpodcast.com. So for me, Dave, pour me another one. I'm finished with the other one. Bledsoe, producer, are you a man or a mouse, Gavin, and all the fictional barflies on the show? We want to say that I cannot wait to drink these bastards goodbye. We'll see you all next week. for this so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.